I'm Alex Klausner from Rehasher from Gainesville, Florida. Hi, I'm Will Campbell from the Savants of Soul from Gainesville, Florida. And I'm Michael Higgins from the Forum from Orlando, Florida. And you're listening to the Around the Turntable podcast. Welcome to the Around the Turntable podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners around the world for sharing a little bit of your day with us today. The rules for our game are as follows. Every week we go around the turntable discussing tracks that fit our given category of the week. The category of the week is typically themed toward our guest artist. We have Michael Higgins from the band The Forum, who will be sharing his new single, Honey Pace, with us later today. Um, if you're this is your first time listening, we would like to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening on today. Find us on social media, interact with us, tell us if you loved or hated the episode. We want to hear your opinion. That's what the internet is for, is sharing that, and we're going to do a little bit of that ourselves right now this week's category is drum roll please smash words now i've got to do a little uh explaining of this one um what a smash word quote unquote is is a word that is created by two or more real words being thrown into a jumble together to make a fake word, uh, a word that does not exist in the dictionary. Um, and ideally, I think it's like one one giant word. And again, is a, a fake word that consists of a bunch of real words. So how did you all fare with this one? Uh, Will, what did you think of trying to pick for this one? Well, I had a really challenging time. Um <laughs> I made a list uh, today, actually, when I was thinking about it, of all the potential candidates, and I definitely found it to be more of a challenging than I was expecting, and uh, I came up with a lot of uh, song options that um, I kind of briefly discussed with you earlier, and turns out that a lot of the some of the songs that I had in mind didn't actually fit the category. Um, I almost misunderstood it as first misunderstood it um, and uh, came around to uh, some good picks um, that actually fit the category. So um, yeah, I'm excited. We'll get to that in a second. I want to hear what Michael thought of trying to pick for this one. So Hearing that you guys had a tough time was actually concerning for me because I wondered if I also did it wrong, but I think I have it right. Um, <laughs> I, it took me a couple minutes to, to get to think of the first one, but then when I did, I thought of a couple other ones. And I was saying earlier um, before the recording that maybe it's just because I listen to like try hard indie bands that try to you know do what we did for our single and just come up with something that doesn't exist yet and just mash a bunch of words together. But I think I have a, a good grasp on. Uh, on the category so i have a good one that's that's awesome yeah i also really appreciate like 
and you know, full disclosure, Michael and I used uh, like I actually used to uh, work uh, playing drums for the forum for a little while, and so you know, having Michael on, I felt like we could, you know, we could really get in. We could take, we could go for a really weird category with this one, and I appreciated him being willing to roll uh, with this one. So, with that in mind, Will, you said you had a bunch of trouble. Um, what did you land on, my man? Well, um, after some careful thought and uh, deciding, I decided to go with uh, the track Tree Fingers from Kid A by Radiohead. So, yeah, all one word, Tree Fingers, uh, which fits the category. And it's a really interesting track, I think, to pull out for this. It's really unconventional. It's essentially, it's almost like ambient music. It's like a soundscape. And a fun fact about my song, uh, Pick Tree Fingers, is that it's actually, if you, when you listen to the track, keep in mind, the sounds you're hearing are actually just made from a guitar. Uh, it's kind of Radiohead uh, has three prominent members, uh, Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, Ed O'Brien, and they all play a, a combination of either all three are on guitar one may be on piano, one might be on acoustic, several different arrangements, but Ed O'Brien is the more consistent guitar player, and he supplies a lot of the sort of weird sounds and textural elements of Radiohead that when people go, oh, like, that's a really cool part, most of the time it's Ed O'Brien, and this song is pretty much done by just him, so uh, I'm really excited to share this tune, and everybody listen to it and you know hear what everybody feels so cool i had no idea that that was just like um just him or or only guitar on this track so i'm going to definitely be listening to that listening for that we're going to encourage all of our listeners to listen for that when we drop tree fingers on the around the turntable podcast coming right up Welcome back to the Around the Turntable podcast. The song you just heard was Tree Fingers off of the legendary album Kid A by the band Radiohead, released in the year 2000. As is tradition on our podcast, the guest will get the first take. Michael, what'd you think um, of that one? So this was not um, like a refresher for me. It was literally my first time ever listening to it. So... This is my first wow. take on this song ever. Um, I think the first thing that came to my head was that um, it's pretty, I feel like this song is like pretty crucial to have good headphones for because I feel like you'd be missing a lot of it if, you, um, if you're not listening to it the way I just did, um, just because of how like ambient it was. Um, but it, it kind of, it was really good. I mean, it reminded me of like a, like, sequence in a movie like in a kind of like establishing shot you know kind of like lengthened um 
But the other thing I found interesting about it was that I'm like looking at the credits of the song as I'm listening to it. And um, there's a, they, they credited Tommy York as a lyricist for this song. And unless I missed That's something hilarious. really big, I didn't hear any lyrics. So um, <laughs> those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think that the biggest one being that because of how like ethereal the song sounds, like I feel like it's a disservice to yourself if you're not listening to it with headphones. So I thought you just said something so interesting about the yeah. the movie aspect, right? Or the cinematic aspect of the song or how it could be used in that way. Because there's literally a track um, five songs later on that album called Motion Picture Soundtrack. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and I thought that was, oh, okay. that's a really... Yeah. Um, good way to put it but i think something that i think deserves to be said about this um you know after i'm listening to that and kind of taking that track in is how bold it was right right for a band of radiohead stature to include a track like tree fingers on this album or on an album that at, at the time this is after they'd achieved commercial success and um you know, this is an era of the music industry that I think, like, doesn't reward experimental artists a lot of the time. Um, you know, what what we often find is the most successful no. is the music that's serving the lowest common denominator. But maybe that's not so true in, like, England, for example, because, like, I think of a band like that Michael and I both love, right? Like the 1975. And how you've got like tracks like on their album, uh, I like it when you sleep because for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it, which is like the longest album title of all time. <laughs> but they've got these tracks on there that are, that are very similar yeah. spiritually to Tree Fingers where they're like very ambient. And I feel like Radiohead maybe kind of helped set, um, set a standard for these pop bands or bands that were commercially or achieving interest at the commercial level to also go in these experimental directions. And yeah. I feel like that was, that's something that Radiohead showed could be done in this new era of the music industry, you know, kind of post art rock, you know, after, after grunge, after all yeah. of that, like, so, you know, that was a, that, those are my reflections upon hearing it. Um, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, that's uh, really, really awesome to hear y'all's as somebody who obviously it's my pick. So I'm familiar with the song. Um, but it's great that uh, Michael, that you got to hear that with fresh ears and kind of hear your take on it. Um, but yeah, it's a really neat track, you know, done with guitar samples and loops. And uh, I was doing some reading, uh, reading and apparently, uh, like I said, Ed O'Brien, made some really spacey sounds and made some loops and Tom York then took the tape. Cause of course, you know, in, in those days, they, even though pro tools was still a, a big thing and a lot of people were using it, they were still using tape and he cut it up and arranged it into the track that you hear and how it sort of, you know, has these sort of vague chord progressions or moments where, you know, it, it kind of takes its turns and it's, you know, it's kind of tones and things. Um, but it's really cool, really, really neat little track, especially when you 
put it in perspective of kid a and where it sits in the track listing so um i'm glad y'all enjoyed it really cool absolutely um so i guess this is going to be my turn uh to present my smash words song um so i'm going to take this opportunity to um kind of big up my hometown gainesville florida a gainesville band um a band that's that's been really um important to the scene here but also i think to a lot of people um across the world and that is the band against me um so the story behind this song i first heard this song as an acoustic song um it was released in 2013 on a two-song ep um and it was just after Laura Jane Grace had come out as a trans woman. And, you know, I think in punk today, that's a lot more common. You know, you see that um, in the within the punk scene, there are a lot more um, trans women, um, non-binary people that um, I've had the honor of sharing the stage with. And, you know, it's really awesome to see um, them be able to 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 come out and, and, and use punk rock, uh, as a vehicle to, um, express themselves and live freely. And I'm, I love that so much. And I feel like when, when Laura, Laura Jane came out and did that, that was just, so, that was, that was really different at the time. I think, um, unless I'm missing something, um, it was, it was not something that I remember being super prominent. And, um, so, that took a lot of courage, I think. And so this song was the first song that was released after that happened. And it talks about that. And um, it, it just because of that, it just it carries this weight to me. Um, and as always, this song has always carried that weight of being, you know, this this moment where this person is like sharing their true self for the first time with the world. And um, I just think it's a great song. It's um, to me, it's the best against me song ever. And uh, that song is called "Fuck My Life 666." <laughs> so after that completely emotional opening, <laughs> that is the title of the song. It is all one giant word. <laughs> and um, I cannot wait for you all to hear this. It's a great tune. Um, so here we go. Fuck my life. Six, six, six by against me on the around the turntable podcast. You know, I'm already just a skeleton. Welcome back to the Around the Turntable podcast. The song you just heard was Fuck My Life 666 off of the album Transgender Dysphoria Blues by the band Against Me. I forgot to mention before in my intro that we weren't going to hear the acoustic version. We were going to hear the like full on full band version that came out on this album afterward. Um, That said, Michael, you got the first react. What'd you what was your take? 
props to you guys for picking the two most different songs you guys could have chosen um (laughs) yeah um i would i i remember hearing this because i remember um after laura jane came out and i remember the the album that came out right after um I, I do remember hearing the song a long time ago, and I haven't listened to it in a while, so it definitely jogged my memory. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it, it, it was. It's interesting, Alex. You said that it was like kind of the first, like the first um, thing that Against Me put out, you know, after um, after Laura Jane um, announced announced that, um, you know that. Her name was Laura Jane and, and everything. Um, and it, because it's very obviously like, of, of what I've listened to of Against Me, like, you, I feel like you could put that song style anywhere in their discography, correct me if I'm wrong, because it kind of sounded like very classic, like those guitar tones that they use and, um, you know, the, the, the melodies that they, that they use in the chorus. Um, but obviously, the lyrics in this song. Um, particularly right at the end there, um, that, you know, there's a brave new world raging inside of me. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot more powerful when you put it in the context of where the band was at the time. Um, so yeah, those are my, uh, those are, obviously I haven't thought about this very much, but those are my unfiltered thoughts on the song. First time I'm hearing it in a while. Well, first of all, you know, that's, what's great about, I think this podcast is we just get to kind of come on here, hear music and people get to like, hear us, hear it for the first time and, and have to give our, give our thoughts, you know? Right. And, um, so that's, what's cool. Um, I think you were dead on when you talked about like the way it could fit into a lot of their discography. I think that's especially true after you hit about 2006 and they signed to Sire Records um, and they put out their first uh, album with them. That's where I think they really stepped into that that tone and that style um, that they ultimately would become known for. And um, so, yeah, I think that's absolutely accurate. Um, Will, what was your take upon hearing this the first time? Well, man, uh, it was a really great song. Um, really cool. Um, just like production and just, you know, it's just a, it's a solid rock and tune um, through and through on the surface, kind of to Michael's and your point, like about how it, it's there's a conventionality about it, if that's even a word. But there's like a traditionalness about the song that I feel like really makes it easy to just sink your teeth into it and absorb and uh, really great songwriting. Um I'm not too familiar with against me and their discography. Um, little, uh, I'm a little aware of their history and, um, that they were a Gainesville band and, um, et cetera, but, um, really cool song. But I think the, the, the striking point for me was, uh, the lyricism and the writing and, um, the, uh, one lyric in particular, um, the, the chorus lyric that, uh, I don't have the heart to match the one pricked into your finger is just a really haunting kind of cutting line that really just kind of stuck out to me. I brought up the lyrics as I was listening to it, really great lyrics, uh, chipped nail polish 
and a barbed wire dress? Is your mother proud of your eyelashes, silicone chest, and collagen lips? How would you even recognize me? I mean, it's obviously a personal song. Very emotive, very emotional song. Um, and I think it translates, that emotion translates in the recording and um, the performance. So awesome, awesome pick. Good job, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that. And I wanted to say, like, you talked about, like, the traditional, you know, right? Like, it feels like a traditional song in a sense. And that's because that's where it started, right? Um, you know, it was an acoustic song on an EP. And it worked in that context, just being sung on an acoustic guitar, one guitar, one voice. And so that, you know, that kind of format certainly translates um, here. Um, yeah. Now, the moment all of our guests have been patiently waiting for, when we get the guest selection from Michael Higgins of The Forum. So, Michael, you brought in a song for us that fits this category of smash words. Yes. What exactly do we get to hear today? Well, I wish I could, I could come in and surprise you, but you literally hit the nail on the head earlier um i have a 1975 song for you because i i told you when i came in i had um i had like three that i was sticking between but i felt that with our history especially given our guitarist nick um and the kinds of music we would play on the road when we were all in the car together i figured i would go with the 1975 song so my pick is from their um their self-titled debut album, um, and it is Falling For You, all one word. Oh, wow. That is an, that's a good one. See, I thought you were going to go two time, two time, two time no. uh, when you were introducing that, because that was, that was the 1975 song that I thought of and was considering. Um, also, for the record, I'm so proud of all of us for not choosing Wonderwall. Because it <laughs> yeah. totally would have counted. Um, and all due respect to Wonderwall. I actually love that song. Also, shout out to my girlfriend for pointing that out to me. It was definitely tempting. But anyway, Michael, this is an awesome choice. Um, Falling for You by the 1975 coming right up on the Around the Turntable podcast. <laughs> And welcome back to the Around the Turntable podcast. The song you just heard is Falling for You by the 1975 off of the four EP originally in 2013 and then later included on the deluxe edition of their self-titled album. Um, I am going to give the first uh, react for this one. Um, Michael, once again, great choice. Um, so I get to, I guess, get personal on this one. Um, that was the song that when, uh, I first asked Dana if she wanted to be my girlfriend, we were watching, uh, the 1975's performance, uh, the O2, uh, 
Arena 2016, I think, and that was the song that was playing when I did that. <laughs> so uh, you just took me back, uh, you know, to that one. Uh, very sentimental, very, very uh, to, to my heart. Uh, yeah, so um, it's a great song. It's a great little ballad. Um, for the 1975, obviously, they're kind of known for this, like, kind of 80s um, synth pop vibe. And you definitely get um, a heavy dose of that synthy kind of nighttime aesthetic that they have. You know, um, it's very evocative of, like, a late night, you know, I almost feel, right? And you're just, um, you get that atmosphere from that um, from that synth that they're using, Um and so, um, you know, I also, of course, um, you, you hear the, the heavy dose of, of Matty Healy uh, and the way that he uses vocal effects. And he, um, you know, I think that the sound that the 1975 have really helped perpetuate and propel really makes heavy use of those vocal effects. Even on your music, Michael, when I go and I listen to a song like, um, what is it? uh some somebody to rely on and i i just i hear maddie healy you know and the influence that he's had on the um the music uh you guys' music and just indie music overall um and it is really through that way and also i think the 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 use of of um the the way that george drums i think has also been a really big influence influence that they've had on indie music overall so anyway uh that's my take um i thought it was a great pick super like just like i said warmed the heart uh will what was your take on that one man um really awesome song uh great choice michael um i was not familiar with that song not very familiar with the 1975 um so i love that we have this mix of like a song that michael picks and then you alex you like it's a song that you're familiar with and that uh you um know and are uh have a relationship to the song and then for me you know it's a new song and i'm hearing it with new ears and i just love that i gotta say but um yeah i think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the whole sort of like that song really kind of puts you in a headspace it puts you in an atmosphere um similar to tree fingers um but I, I thought it was really, really cool song. Um, I really like that song. I would, uh, you know, that's a playlist song for me. That's a song I'd love to come back to and become more familiar with. And, uh, you know, is sort of a catalyst for me to be like, okay, this is my catalyst for the 1975 and uh, their music. Um, really loved, you know, kind of ironic that I picked... Um, a sort of ambient textured atmospheric song like tree fingers. And then this song uh, is parallel to that. I feel like um, with some of the sounds and the re you yeah, know, um, I, of, of course, you know, I, I was going to say, dude, you definitely yeah, the, the reverb vocals. I'm sorry. You, I was going to say, Will, you definitely hit the nail on the head with the, um, the parallel between Kid A and the 1975, like the the synthiness, the experimentalism 
Um, that was something that I was mentioning earlier. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it was cool. It's cool that you got to actually hear that in action on this episode, right? So um, yeah, and I and I did and I did feel like like exactly what you said. Literally, I felt like I wanted to be in my car, like driving sunset on the highway, and that song puts you in that place of reflection while you're in that sort of autopilot transient focused like like retrospective state or introspective rather state of like driving and your thoughts are going and falling in your mind coming over you as you're as you're driving and uh really cool um arrangement and composition i love the movement of the song and you know the the synth the the really reverbed vocals with all the 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 effects and uh the the 808 the like electronic um percussion sounds very like fragmented and like but like still propulsive and how the, the just the movement of the song and how it doesn't ever like go balls to the wall but you do have a moment of peak you know there is mood the mood there is a movement that you could graph out to the song but i love that it kept its sort of atmospheric uh place but also still had movement and still um you know told this told its story so um really cool song and uh i'm you know just love these moments uh on the podcast where we all get to be introduced to uh new music and um yeah those are my thoughts all righty well that is going to wrap this week's episode of the around the turntable at least for the picks the group picks section um if you've liked any of the picks so far that you've heard um Definitely give us a shout out on the podcast. Let us know that you thought we picked a cool song. Or if you have a song that you think is cooler than what we picked, uh, we definitely want to hear about it on our social media too. Hit us up there. Subscribe on whatever platform you're listening. Tell your friends about it. If you like what you heard, spread the word. All right. That housekeeping out of the way. We want to get to close this episode out with our guest artists getting to share their piece, um, which fits the category smash words inspired this week's category, even which is the single honey pace. Michael, can you introduce us to honey pace the same way you've introduced us to the song? This one was different for us. Um, in that, um, we typically don't want to touch a song in the studio until we know kind of where it's going. Uh, we'd be lying if any of us said we knew where it was going by the time we got to the studio with it. So that was kind of a departure for us in terms of the songwriting. I mean, it kind of just started as you hear chimes kind of throughout the song. Those were just two guitars playing two separate parts that we thought fit kind of cool together that Nick and I just played in my kitchen for like an hour one night. Um, and it, it kind of ended up being the backbone of the song. But past that, once Jake put his... His, uh, his basic um, bass progression on there. And once Ethan sort of had um, a little back and forth verse chorus beat, there wasn't much to it. And we were just like, all right, let's take it in and see what happens. Because 
to that point, it had just been like everything that we had come up with for the song just kind of felt cool. And we're like, let's just ride the momentum of that and see if we keep finding things that sound cool. So it was it was very different in how experimental um, it came together. And uh, it took several recording sessions. We, we, we have this thing where we, um, if we don't know how to finish the song, we put it on what we call the shelf, um, which is not throwing it out because we will throw out songs. But if we have a song on the shelf, it's just like we're kind of burnt out on writing it. We don't know what to do with it. And that song was in danger of being left on the shelf for a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, we had we had gone through Relatable. several studio days and we had this like shell of a song that we then left on the shelf for like a couple months. And then one day it kind of just all hit and like everyone was like, let's just finish that because like that's too good of a song to not finish. Um, so we took like a really like hard look at it over the next like two, yeah. three weeks. And it was pretty much done after that. So um, that one we're also proud of kind of just like not letting rot for too long. So um, yeah, definitely a different one, one that we overcame some challenges. Um, so yeah. That's cool. I love hearing like, I love hearing the background of a song and hearing how it's Genesis happens and very relatable point about, uh, about how like, you know, some songs aren't just quite there. They're not quite a quote unquote song yet. And it's like, okay, put it on the shelf or put it on the back burner, let it simmer. We'll come back to it, see what it needs or see where we need to take it. So I love that. I love having that context going in. Cool. Absolutely. And I was going to say, I mean, um, one thing that Michael and I were talking about, like just before the episode recording was I really thought the drumming on this track was standout, like and well, well constructed. Um, and it's kind of surprising to hear that that was something that was born just in the moment in the studio, um, as opposed to being a product of like working that out for hours and hours and hours. Um, so just just again, shout out to Ethan. Um, he's uh, an awesome drummer for the forum. I really, really love what he's brought to the band. Um, and I think he, he's just he's just fantastic. Um, so that all that said, thank you for listening. The track that will close us out today is Honey Pace by our guest artist, The Forum. Thanks again. Have a great day.